Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. In the kingdom of darkness, very order. So he said, the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them. He said, oh, this is nice English. What did he say? He beat them. Beat them. You know the kind of beating? It was not just ordinary beating. It was a very good look at what he said. Overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked. Hey. They entered the house with all their clothes on. They ran out naked. Do you understand? Naked and wounded. So some had swollen eyes, swollen mouth, some swollen head, their neck. That is, they were, the man, like they say, una, una forget who una oga be. How dare you? You people don't have respect. You want to cast me out. Me that is using you people to do this nonsense in this town. You want to tell me I should come out of this man. What I would do to you people today, you, you know, after that day, they didn't have, their ministry ended. Nobody, because they used to be vagabond, they used to terrorize, they were like era boys. But after that day, they kept quiet. They were humiliated. <laughs> Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Are you still with me? <laughs> hey, somebody say glory be to God. Say glory be to God. I think I missed the verse. Okay, go. Go to verse 15. Verse 15. Go to verse 15. Before this one, go to verse 15. It says, And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, that you mentioned his name, I know him. But who you are not my radar. Who are you? Who are you to tell me to come out of this man? In other words, the demon looked and scanned them and knew they were not saved. And once you're not born again, you are a slave of darkness. And by virtue of the fact that you are a slave of darkness, you have no authority to cast out devils. And they got beaten. And humiliated for that. But the point I want you to understand, you could see the recognition of the authority of Christ and the believer that the demon knows. They know they are not your mate. What did I say? Oh, they know. That's why the worst thing the devil can do to a believer is to use your ignorance against you. Most of the things some of you learned about spiritual warfare is by watching deliverance television. That's all you learn. You didn't read your Bible. 
All you know about Satan, demons, is somebody manifest. Ah, I went for one program. If you see the person manifest, he said that they do something, that they do something like that. For they do this, they go water, they will come this. That's all you know. You don't know what Bible said about Satan. And so what indoctrinated you in spiritual warfare is things you saw that demons were confessing and demons were speaking. And that means your understanding of devils were from devils. And Satan can never give you a knowledge that will make him inferior to you. Do you understand that? We'll never do that. Any lie he will tell you will make you afraid of him. Anything the devil will tell you, he will make you afraid of him. He tell you that you know I've been in your generation for 50 years. I've been destroying people, killing them. What makes you think that you'll be different? What makes you think that the same thing I did to your father, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, I will not do it to you? If you don't know who you are in Christ, that lie will work on you. Are you hearing me? Say with me, say in the name of Jesus. I have authority. I have dominion over Satan, demons, and the operation of darkness. I give them no place in my life and affairs. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The reason the name work is because of your position with him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me say this and I'll go to the next point. Satan, demons, and the oppression of darkness know that they are subject and obedient to the power of God. They know. They know. And once you use that name, that power speaks and answers for you so they know. They are also subject to you. There is no contest between light and darkness. There is none. So all the darkness is fighting with light. There is none. They are all under Christ's feet. And because you are in Christ, they are also under your feet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me read this for you. Ephesians 1, verse 19 to verse 22. The Bible says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Now, anywhere you see the word Christ, see yourself there because you are in Christ. If Christ is seated in the heavenly places, brothers and sisters, you are seated in the heavenly places. Are you hearing me? Far above all, not some, Oh, including the one in your village. Oh, principality and power and might, oh my goodness, and dominion and every name. Anything that has a name, that is a name, not only in this world or age, but also in that which is to come. Now, verse 22, I love this. And he had put all things under his feet and if you are in him and they are under his feet then they are under your feet are you hearing me oh come on this is awesome and gave him Christ to be head over all things to the church there's a trust that says for the benefit of Jesus is a head over all things for the benefit of the church his authority and supremacy is for you and I to enjoy or to benefit from. 
when I got to my year one in university, you're going to meet all kinds of crazy people. A, a, and uh, what do you call this guy? Um, one that, that practiced, had gone into Amok as young. So he threatened everybody in the room there. He said, if you try me, I will kill you. You will see something in your dream. I will press you. I will do all kinds of crazy nonsense. So people were scared of him. I came as just a fresh guy. I was staying with one of my reasons before I got my accommodation. So in the night, you just make your phone there sleep. At least you have space to sleep. And he kept talking then. I won't say more. Until one day, he now came to my space. He just came, challenged me, this, that, 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 that. And I looked at him. As young and smaller, I told him, I said, don't, I said, don't come near me. And don't even try. I said, if you try me, I said, the thing that will come for you, you won't like Hey, he says, so who they talk? You. Because the devil always likes to intimidate. I hope you know that. It will like, one of the ways, you know, when the devil will find out, maybe you are not confident. He will try to intimidate you. But if you know who you are, you know who you are. The only way the devil can intimidate a Christian is a Christian is ignorant from a place of understanding. I say, try it and find out. So I kept quiet. The next morning, I don't know what he saw. I'm sure Eddie Mahenge slapped him or something happened to him. He came to me. He said, ah. See, look at me, say, 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 who am I? Say, who I be? Oh, I said, okay, you see I'm here? I said, okay, no problem. From, till he left that room, he never came near me again. If you don't know who you are, Satan will play you like football, like Premier League. Pass you left and right, then we'll relegate you and, and throw you out. That's what he will do to you. And, and sometimes it bothers me that Christians are afraid of the devil. Some of the prayers you pray, is a prayer of fear. Take authority and take dominion. Are you hearing me? Oh Lord, as I go, I cover this uh, driver with the blood. I soak him. Where did you learn that kind of expression from? It's fear that is talking. I soak him. I soak him. I soak him. I soak him. I soak. You want to suffocate him, Abi? I soak him. I soak him. It's fear. It's fear that is talking. Hallelujah. Look at the number. Say you have authority. Say the power of God is alive in you. Say the power of God is alive in you. I've been threatened by native doctors. I've been threatened by occultic people. I've been threatened. Even when we came to this place, church, I was told that there used to be one person on this street that was a well-known uh, native doctor. They did this, they did that, all kinds of crazy stuff. But you know, those things don't bother me. Why? Because if you know who you are, the one that is afraid is the devil, not you. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not afraid of the devil. Say, the devil is afraid of me. Look at him say, the devil is afraid of you. Because you are in Christ. Everything is under your feet because you are in him. Glory be to God. Come on, say the power of God is alive in me. And tr listen, through that power, you dominate Satan, demons, and the operation of darkness. See, I hear you. Number two, God's power, Jesus demonstrated God's power to heal and to save. Everybody say to heal. Okay, sorry. To heal and to forgive sin. To heal and to forgive sin. Another area where Jesus demonstrated the exceeding greatness of his power is to heal and to forgive sin. 
The same power of God that is over devils, demons, and darkness is the same power that can heal and that can forgive sin. Are you hearing me? Listen, only God's power can heal and forgive sin. What did I say? Holy. Say that one more time. Say, Holy God's power can heal and forgive sin. Look at Isaiah 1 18. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. The Bible says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, scarlet means deep red, they shall be white as what? Let me ask you a question. What makes a sin that is as red as scarlet? Red, scarlet is one of the deepest shades of red. God says, my power can turn you, wash your sins so clean that it can become like what? Snow. Snow is spotless white. What God is saying is that I have enough power to forgive you your sin. Are you hearing me? I have enough power to forgive you your sin that even if your skin is as scarlet, I can make them white as snow. And even if they are red like crimson, they shall become as wool. That means I have enough power to forgive you of your sin and to heal you. Say amen. amen. So when, you are, when, when in Christ, when you have forgiveness, you have forgiveness from the one who has authority and power over sin. It doesn't matter what your past is. Are you hearing me? I often hear people say, can God forgive me? Ah, pastor, you don't know what you do. Hey, can God forgive me? He can forgive you. We, we may not. See, humans, we, because of the way our mind works and because of the impact of selfishness, sometimes we don't want to let go of some things that people did to us. We want to hold on to it. And holding on to it is, is making yourself spiritually vulnerable to attack. Because, because the Bible says if you, you do that, you become, you carry forth, you become, you give Satan a legitimate gland to play in your life. That was what Paul was telling the church in 2 Corinthians 2. He said, forgive, let it go. It's enough. He said, lest we, Satan should take an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. That's why when you say, I forgive you, you are releasing God's power over the matter. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because God's power is the only power that can forgive. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you say, I forgive you, what you're saying is that I allow God's power to take over. And it's only God's power that can forgive you your sin and also cleanse your conscience and restore you. It's also only God's power that can annul the impact of what you do and give you a fresh start. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Because sin wants you to deserve what you have done. Did you hear what I said? Sin wants you to do what? To deserve what you've done. That's what the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. God's power is alone the one. Okay, let, let, me, let me show you. So I'm going to Mark chapter 2. 
quickly. Are you learning something? Are you I'm introducing you to the power that you have been given in Christ. Mark 2 from verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, these were four friends who their friend is paralyzed. And they heard about Jesus and they wanted Jesus to help their friend. When they got to the place, the whole place was full. So there was no direct access. These guys got creative. They climbed the roof of the house. I don't know what motivated. They opened the roof. It's just like Jesus, just like we're preaching at the next thing, zinc open, ceiling open. Then you now see somebody bringing a, a person in a suspended whatever down. You're like, okay. Even though some people are like, what's wrong with this guy? But Jesus said he saw their faith. Is that not so? He saw their faith. All right? Now, but Jesus saw their faith, verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic or the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven you. The worst thing Satan can do to you is to let you be tortured by what you are going through. And the devil will do that if you don't have truth. It's called condemnation. Condemnation is not what the devil does to us. Condemnation is what we do to ourselves. He only supplies the raw material. This guy was a paralyzed man. Probably Satan has used the condition to lie to his mind that you will always be like this. As a matter of fact, maybe you are paralyzed because there's something wrong in your family or somebody did something wrong in your family and, and because of that, you will always stay like this. And there is no hope or possibility of you returning to a normal life. And he stays there in a paralyzed bed. He can't walk like other people. If he wants to go to the toilet, somebody will have to come and carry him. If he wants to go and take his bath, somebody will have to carry him. If he wants to do anything that involves motion, somebody will have to carry him. Look at it. Four friends carried him. Nobody could help him. And the devil probably had used the guilt of his condition to paralyze his mind. Physical paralysis is horrible, but mental paralysis is worse. So Jesus looked at him and knew where the struggle was. So he said, hey, your sins are forgiven you. To that man, that was relief. So you mean somebody can forgive me of my sin, even though my sin tells me I deserve it. You do not. The soda signature, but Jesus said, hey, I took your place on the cross 2,000 years ago. The Father punished me in your place so I can forgive you. And look at what he said. Jesus saw their faith and he said to the paralytic man, son, your sins have forgiven you. <laughs> and some of these scribes. How many of you know there are some people that don't want your sin to be forgiven? They want, in fact, they want you to wear it like necklace all, all the days of your life. You know, mine, no, 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 no. There are some people you cannot make mistake in front of them. They will judge you for the rest of their life for your mistake. I remember what you did in 1976, February, February 4th, now afternoon, the sun they go down that time. They, they, your picture of your iniquity is inside their mind. They will never forgive you. So somebody's case we're sitting and reasoning. They didn't say it out all. Bible said they were reasoning in their heart. Go to the next verse. What did he say next? <laughs> why, why, why does this man? Only 
God. Who can forgive sin but God alone? They forgot that he was God in man. He was son of God, son of man. So he had power to forgive sin. Why? Look at what Jesus said. What did they say in verse 8? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit, he knew by the Holy Ghost that they were reasoning thoughts within themselves. What did he say to them? He said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? You're looking at this matter from a, from a human reasoning point of view. What did he say next? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But he said in verse 10, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin. Then he said to the paralytic man, rise up and walk. Hear me, brothers and sisters, Jesus has power to forgive sin. The power he gave you and I has power to forgive sin. Say a good amen. amen. Not only does his power forgive sin, his power also heals. Everybody say his power heals. Amen. Let me show you two scriptures quickly and we'll go to the next one. Matthew 14, verse 34 to 36. Matthew 14, verse 34. It says, And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret, and when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all the surrounding region, brought to him all who were sick. Is that not true? And begged him that he might only touch the hem of his garment. That is his clothes. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. Luke chapter 5, everybody, and verse 17. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. But look at something the Bible said. And the power of the Lord was present to heal. Now, whether they tapped into that power or not, it's not Jesus' concern. But his power to heal was present. A woman with the issue of blood came and tapped into that power and she was healed. And many people were there, nothing happened to them. So in every service, the power to heal is there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You, you don't have to beg for the power to heal you. It's present. And it's willing to heal you. It's willing to restore you. Somebody say glory be to God. The power of God to heal is there. All right, number three. Write this down. The power of God. Jesus demonstrated that his power can also save. Remember, his power is over Satan, demons, and the oppression of darkness. His power can forgive sin and heal. Also, his power can save. Everybody say save. Jesus demonstrated the exceeding greatness of his power to save or to rescue. The word save means to rescue or to ransom. Am I making any sense? Matthew 8, 11. 18, 11. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. I want to say to every one of you, no matter how lost you think you are, no matter how lost you think what you're going through is, I say to you in the name of Jesus, the power of God can rescue you and the power of God can save you. 
when Peter shouted, Master, save me. Did he save him? He saved him. So the power you carry can save. Oh, somebody shout, praise God. Somebody shout, praise God. John 88, John 8 verse 10. When Jesus had raised him up, this was the woman who had been accused. John 8 verse 10, 10 to verse uh, 11. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman that was accused, he said to her, Jesus saved her dignity. Say amen. They wrote her off because of her lifestyle and what they caught her doing. But Jesus saved her. Jesus is in the business of saving. Did you hear what I said? That's why when the Jesus, they, they went to pray, uh, preach in one time and they re rejected him. What did the disciples say? Master, let us call fire. Fire with lightning and destroy. Ah, Jesus said, eh! So what kind of spirit is this? He said, this is not from you. If, if, if God destroys everybody that doesn't want to, then there will be nobody to save. Is that not true? Yeah. He said, Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman. And he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? As no one condemned you, go to verse 11. She said, No one. Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That's salvation. Somebody say amen. amen. Come on, say amen. Then number four. Christ demonstrated his power to supernaturally sustain. What did I say? You know, that, that's one part some of us have not seen God's power operate. Jesus was with how many thousand people? Go to Matthew 14. Matthew 14, verse 13. Jesus demonstrated the exceeding greatness of God to supernaturally feed multitude. That's supernatural sustenance. How many of you remember in the Bible that the children of Israel were kept by God for 40 years? Is that not true? Is it not true? Do you know what the Bible said about them? Read the book of Psalm. For 40 years, their clothes did not worn out. Because when you wear clothes, it's supposed to wear out. Is that not true? Their sandals did not wear out. Let me tell you the miracle the Bible said. As they were growing, their sandals and their whatever they were was growing with their feet. It's in the Bible. They did not look, they didn't go to the market. To, they were in the wilderness. They don't go to market in the wilderness. Everything they needed was supplied by God for 40 years. They needed food, he gave them. They needed water, he gave them. Everything they needed was, he protected them. He supernaturally, so, and so Jesus demonstrated that dimension of the power. When this, what, you heard it, okay, um, Matthew 14, 13. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitude heard it, they followed him of foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, 
This is a deserted place, master. And the hour is already late. Send the multitude away that they may go into the village and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only how many? Five loaves and two fish. Let me interpret that for you. It is physically impossible to do what you ask us to do. That's what they were telling him. So to mention five loaves and two fish with hungry looking 4,000 men, not to talk of women and children alone, was telling Jesus, this thing you are telling us to do is practically impossible. Are you hearing me? Okay, look at what Jesus said. Verse 18. He said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up into heaven, he blessed, broke, and gave the loaf to the disciples. And the disciples to the multitude. I, don't think, I think you missed what I just read. He broke and gave. He blessed. He blessed. That word blessed means he brought supernatural assistance to the bread. After he blessed the bread, he broke it, gave the loaf to the disciples, and the disciples began to share. Once they break, it will grow back. Once they break, it will grow back. Once they break, it will grow back. When they give the share the fish, they break it, the fish will regenerate. The bread will regenerate until they use the same. Look at it. And the disciple gave to what? To the everybody say multitude. So they all ate and they were filled. They were, they were belly full. <laughs> and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remain. Verse 21. Now, those who had eaten were about, okay, there was the 5,000 men. 5,000 men beside women. You know why I, I need to show you this? So you can stop underestimating your God. Do you understand me? So you can stop underestimate. You just go through one simple situation. You are beginning to think that, how can you be hopeless with a God that commands a power like this? So you can stop being hopeless and don't allow anybody to intimidate you with what is happening around you. Are you hearing me? Finally, finally, Jesus demonstrated his power over nature, over the elements. Final scripture, Matthew 14. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew 14, we'll stop here. Matthew 14, verse 22. 22 to verse 32, 33. Are we there? Immediately, Jesus made the disciple get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitude away, the one that he just fed. And when he had sent the body away, he went up on the mountain by himself to what? To pray. Now, when the evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was not in the middle of the sea. The boat was now in the middle of the sea, 
tossed by the waves. For the wind was what? Was con I'd like you to use your imagination. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. I, uh, excuse me. What was he doing? What was he doing? Is it normal and human to walk on the sea? No. But he was walking on the sea. Glory be to God. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. Will you not be troubled? Saying, it's a ghost, not spirit. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is, for you, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus could have said, oh, Peter, this is only for the God realm. It's not for you. Stay in the boat. I will come and meet you there. Jesus said that. Did he say that? Peter said, I want to partake in this thing that you are doing. Jesus said, okay, come. Glory be to God. I say glory be to God. Now, in verse 29, so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he, not the water made him, not the devil made him, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out. That's why when you pay attention to your circumstance and your situation and you shift your focus from the power of God to what you are going through, you will sink. Did you hear what I said? Because the power of God only responds to our faith. When Peter believed what Jesus said, he walked on water. Because the power of God has authority over the elements. When you operate the power of God, the power of God can suspend the laws of nature for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He can. But, but, but once you fear, because you shift your focus from him to the circumstance and the situation, that's why I want to warn you. There's a lot of complaint going around because on the country. Don't join the group of complainers. You may not like what is going on. You may not like what is happening, but you have no... God forbids you to complain about it. Are you hearing me? Because if you complain about it, you open yourself to the torture and the torment of the devil. When you complain, you block God's power from making a case for you. When he was afraid, what did he say? He began to sink. And he said, Lord, help me. And what did Jesus say to him? He said, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Not why is the, because the wind were violent. He said, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Because the man with authority was there. And what did he say next? Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Rise up on your feet. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. I said glory be to God. 
I said, glory be to God. Lift up your hands and begin to talk to him. Thank him for the word. That's the power that you command in him. Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.